All right. So the the very first game that was played on the weekend uh, was the game for the third place, and it was uh, Rennes against uh, Monaco, and Monaco beat Rennes 3-2 at the Roazon Park. Uh, Rennes with the, the first goal of the game, Flaviente at the third minute, and then Monaco answered by Van der Sanne at the 12th, Ben Yedder at the 57th, then Maron Boadou at the 77th, Martin Ferrier scored a penalty at the 93rd minute, but it was um, too little too late. Um, a game that you know, Rennes probably dominated, but Monaco played the, the best way possible, uh, defending yes. well, and then counter-attacking, and then just being uh, really efficient, right? If you if you score every time you have half an opportunity, then it's going to be hard. It was also good to to see, I think, the midfield that we've seen last year from Monaco, right? When Chouamini and Fofana are playing on their level, it's really hard to go through yeah. Monaco. I think they did well to to kind of like cancel Tay and Bourizo in the in the midfield. What did you think uh, of that game? And were you a bit disappointed that Rennes wasn't able to uh, to go through Monaco? I mean, Monaco has been a bit inconsistent yeah. the past five games. Uh, they actually up the level a little it's bit. Really picked up. Yes. Um, I actually expected Ron to win originally. Um, but then, uh, seeing that uh, Santa Maria had to play in defense mm-hmm. uh, because of the absence of Naev, that, that was a big deal. And I think that that also played a, a huge part in uh, Ron losing that game because Monaco capitalized on that. Uh, unfortunately, Wamed uh, Omari had a really poor game. Uh, he was at yeah. four goals, and uh, gen- generally, I you know usually playing beside Naef helps him because Naef is like the guy that guides him and everything. And Naef is also a very good reader of the game, so it would have been very difficult for um, Benyeda, for instance, to score the, the, the chance that he got. Uh, but all in all, also I think that that game in the end was won in midfield. Um, the, like you said, the Monaco midfielders, Fofana and, and Chouameni, they were immense. We couldn't see Lovro Maja you know, really have a good game. He, sure. he had a really poor game, couldn't impose himself. Um, you know, Apart from the goal, I didn't really feel like Tate was in that game. Uh, Jonas as well. Maybe it would have been a lot better if we had um, Santa Maria in midfield and then Naef was you know, in defence. But all in all, uh, Monaco were very smart. They played on the break uh, for the most part. They used the ball very well and they were very efficient. And of course, someone that I would like to pinpoint uh, or highlight is Golovin. Um, you know, yeah. he, he, he returned and, you know, recently and since then, uh, Monaco have been like firing and really good. Golovin's use of the ball, whenever he gets the ball, his decisions and everything. And of course, we saw the, the pass for the um, yeah, the assist is beautiful. Goal. The assist, beautiful assist, also. So, um, all in all, I thought that um, run where where they, they 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 suffered because of like defensive errors and also they lost in midfield. Monaco were a lot better in midfield and very smart with their use of the ball. And it, at this level, in, in games like this, that are very decisive. Those are the things that count. Those moments, you take your chance, you take your moment, and you make the best use of it. And you end up winning. Once Monaco went in front, that game was pretty much over because it just pretty, just locked everywhere and then started playing properly on, on the counter and using those spaces that Ron were leaving there. Do, do you think that Ren is um, overperforming so, um, this season? Was, well, yes. 
Yes, I do. Um, not because they don't have that ability, but because um, it's been a very difficult season for everybody. Um, mm-hmm. It's been a very like a very tight season. You know, I think that a lot of teams are evenly matched on the season. Like you could call seven, eight teams now that you'd probably say yes. If if this team can go on a run, they should get the champions place or something. So it's been very difficult separating teams in a lot. They have two forwards on the field with um, 19 goals, and that's a lot. Brazil also is having a wonderful season. He already has like mm-hmm. double-figure assists. You know, he's created about 15 big chances as well, and he's just been having a lot of fun with his football. And of course, when you even look at their bench, I think their bench has been really strong, and they've also you know, done a lot, contributed a lot to the team this season. And then seeing how they performed in Europe, they won their group, which had Tottenham. Uh, and then they got into the mm-hmm. knockout stages. And they did very well. Even the game that they lost, the, the, the tie they lost to Leicester, they were very good. And it was because of another Ligon product, uh, Fofana, mm-hmm. you know, that they weren't able to really win, um, get through that tie. So, Yes, we know that run are good. We know that they have like a very good squad. But it's one thing to have the team to do it, and it's another thing to really put in the kind of performances that they have this season. You know, they've they've kept up with the at least Marseille and Nice for the most part of the season. They've also at some point they had, they were scoring more than PSG, which is crazy considering mm-hmm. you know how good PSG are and the kind of team that they have. So I think that that's that's something to. Um, look at and say, okay, yes, we thought maybe they'll be in the mix for European qualification, but for them to still be this close to second place, I mean, they can still finish second. And then that, mm-hmm. I think that's incredible from them. And kind of the, uh, they, they dispatch teams that they are better than, you know, or that they're expected to beat, or even within their level, um, I think that it has been very, very impressive. Some of their wins have been amazing. The way they performed against PSG as well, they got, they almost got um, four points of PSG. And PSG didn't have a shot on target over two legs until about the 90th minute. That's Mbappe go at the end of that second game, you know. Mm-hmm. And then of course the way they, they went about dispatching Lyon, home and away, and you know the performances more than anything, not just the results, but the quality of performances have been very impressive. And uh, I think that they deserve a lot of credit. Yeah, they've, they've really, I think Genesio, when he came in, really um, allowed them to expand themselves offensively. And yeah, we, we've seen that a lot, a lot of goals scored. Yeah, you mentioned it's a, it's a shame yeah. that they didn't have Naef Aguerd or even uh, Luis Bade on the weekend to uh, to try and, and be next to Wamed Omari because for for how good he's been, the teenager, oh, sorry, no, he's yeah. 21 years old, but um, yeah, for how good he's been, um, he needs somebody next to him to uh, to, to guide him to, to guide where, him, he, yes. where he can be. Uh, that that loss from Rennes um, allowed one of their rivals to uh, to get closer to them, Nice. Uh, nice, who was playing the day after against uh, Lorient, and Nice who won two zero, thanks to finally finally two one. Yes, of course, finally two goals uh, from Andy Delors, who uh, who's been quite uh, quite discreet this season with Nice. Uh, but I guess he scores when it matters, the penalty at the fifty fourth, and a goal at the eighty eighth minute to to give them a win, a very uh, a very Galtier win again. Uh, Lorient in the middle had scored for uh, for Lorient. Uh, nice yeah. 15 shots and two on target with two goals, um, and 64% <laughs> possession. 
was this the most Galche win of the season for Nice? I mean, there's been there's been a few. There's been a few. Yes, you could say that. Yes, you could say that. Uh, immediately, I saw that um, Lorena had equalized. I was very. <laughs> I just felt like, oh, okay. Uh, but somewhere, I just felt they'll probably get the win late, late in the game, and uh, <laughs> that happened. Like you just, you just knew that it was coming. You just sometimes find a way, and they just find that goal that they're looking for. But I think it was a very important win for them because they were in danger of falling away. Because we know how, how um, tight it is over there. If they didn't win this game, um, they'll probably have found themselves, you know, behind Monaco and Strasbourg and, and the rest. And they'll be closer to Lens than even Monaco and be sixth at this point. And for a team that has been in the top four for most of the season, uh, that would have mm-hmm. been you know, really bad. So they really needed that win. It's a home game against Lorient, who are, you know, somewhere in the relegation battle. You have to win that game. No matter how difficult the game is, that's a game that you must win at home if you want to make Champions League. Uh, I, I think that that was the most important thing for them, uh, getting that win, getting it on, uh, you know, in the bag and moving on you know, to their next set of games. I think that was very, very important for them. And their next game is Monaco. So yeah. imagine they didn't win this one and going head-to-head with Monaco. They lose that one and they are completely out of the Champions League race. So it was very, very important for them. And Thankfully, the Lord came very clutch. Yeah, it's and yeah, when when also when I say it's a, a very Galchi win, uh, it's you know I think it's what Galchi is known for um, at Saint Etienne, uh, at Lille, and now at Nice. They, yes. they are just off a month without winning, uh, and then they are in the in the you know the last few games, the final stretch. They have to get points to be able to to go to their objectives, and they play against Lorient, who's supposedly less good team but also probably one of the team that plays the most football in the bottom of the table uh, and, yeah. and yeah that win three days before the uh, the derby of the of the Riviera uh, was was crucial because if you can't get the confidence now uh, yeah like you said Monaco's going to come yeah. home and eat you alive um, <laughs> so at least now they, they kind of bought themselves not a joker because they have to win against Monaco if they want to stay into the in the race but at least they um, yeah. they're not starting um, behind them, but yeah, it was, uh, it them, was definitely yeah. not, not a uh, not the best performance from Nice, but at least Delors was able to put his uh, his head when it mattered. The the penalty, some people would call it a bit generous, but uh, I feel like it was <laughs> it, it was a, a penalty on that one. Um, what's yeah, another was... game that you've watched this weekend? It's like, have you watched uh, Saint Etienne Brest? Yes, I did. I did. I watched it, and uh, it was a very <laughs> very. Um, the Tian game, you know, under yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> under uh, Pastor Dupral. It was a very Saint-Étienne game. There were a lot of uh, defensive mistakes, a lot of opening in there and there. I, I thought the two games, you know, it was a very balanced game, right? And it felt like you said this, like the, the balance in terms of chances. Of course, Brest had more of the possession, like by far, but in terms of chances, you know, at either end, it was a pretty balanced game. And Saint-Étienne got their goals from, you know, two corner kicks, a very uh, rare brace from Madi Kamara. And, mm-hmm. you know, generally, I, I, it just felt like the kind of game where, you know, as soon as Saint-Étienne got into the lead, they just knew that they, they had to protect that lead and just try to get, um, you know, see if they could get openings on the break and, and things like that. And, you, you know, we, we remember the other game where they had a 2-0 lead and, 
and they got thrashed, you know, mm-hmm. afterwards. So I think that they learned from that and they were able to see this game out. But all in all, um, it wasn't a particularly interesting, a particularly good performance from them. It wasn't a great performance or memorable performance. But at this point, you know, where they are on the table with the battle that they are facing to, you know, escape relegation and all that, it was very important to just see the game through and get a win. I thought Brest were, on the balance of things, I thought Brest were a bit better, you know, like, but Mm -hmm. came with the result and that was the most important thing. So, yeah, big credit to them for that. Um, And also very, I think they also use set pieces very well. I'd like to see the um, stats for a number of times they've scored from set pieces. I think they're very, they use it very well. So they don't really have to create so much in open play if they can, you know, keep making the difference with things like set pieces. Um, so, yeah, that was it, really. Yeah, it's uh, and, then, and at the very end, that say from Bernardoni, who, who allows them to, uh, to kill the yes. three-point was uh, was good. It was interesting exactly. to see that brace from, from Magic Amara, right? I talked about him on the on the podcast last week and, and the reason why he didn't play the game where, where they get trashed 6-2. Um, yeah, I had the... I'm, I'm sure you've heard of that, like what happened into the, the local room. I had the final the final story listening to... a. Uh, um, to the media, the Saint-Jean media this week. And, yeah. and what happened in a couple of games ago was during a game of Saint-Etienne, um, Magic Amara's family was in the stands and they got heckled by some fans. And Magic Amara thought it was fans from the other team. So he just didn't care and just kept them away and da, da, da. And then he was told that the fans who heckled his family were Saint-Etienne fans. And then turned out that one of those fans was actually the goalkeeper like the second or the third goalkeeper of the reserves team. And he and he took his family apart and like started insulting them, etc. So Magic Amara went to see him during training and was like, you know, yeah. who do you think you are coming to attack my family during our game instead of um, supporting? Yeah. And they got, got in a fight with him and, and then got banned for that. And I said that last week and, and to be honest, I stand by it. If I'm in a regular relegation fight and my captain yeah. wants to go into a fight with somebody else at training, because he felt disrespected or whatever, I leave him on the pitch, man, because I want somebody who has that fire in the belly to for, for exactly. those games rather than rather than keeping him out. And then look, he comes back and and he scores two, which you know it's obviously it's a, a fluke. <laughs> um it's a fluke, but uh but it's a nice little nice little sign of faith for, uh, for Dupra yes. and for Camara. Yeah. You gotta you, um, you gotta stay I professional and you have to ban him but uh, Yeah. I didn't think that was that was the right thing to do, leaving him out. Um, he's a very important player for Saint Etienne, and considering in the context of the issue, I I didn't think that he mm-hmm. warranted that. But it's good to see him back in the team, and it's good to see that he's um, he's made a difference for them already, you know, quickly. And of course, hopefully, he comes big for them going forward, and um, they benefit from it. But I, I, do you think he's going to stay, you know, beyond the season? Though I I don't think he. He will remain in the summer. What's so think, much though? going on in Saint Etienne, right? Like the past three years, they're yeah. saying they're selling the club. Now that they got the extra money from the uh, from that deal with uh, with CVC, I think they're getting thirty or thirty five million um, from that deal from that deal that um, Liga have made with CVC. Um, they are saying yeah. that they don't want to sell the club anymore. Uh, but you know, Dupra is not the the coach that you use to to build. They've built. A exactly. team out of like just pieces. I don't know, you know, yes. Buanga, Camara, uh, Gourna, 
even uh, even yeah. Zaidu Yusuf, they're the players that I can make a bit of money of if they if they want to sell them. Um, I, I don't know. Saint Etienne to me is like such a big unknown. It's kind of like um, I'm surprised that they're doing so well, but it's kind of like not. Like it feels like it's a team that would need a lot of luck to be able to remain the way they are right now because they yeah. are in need of such a rebuild. Um, but it's hard to do the right way. Uh, every single club who goes through that, uh, they almost need to hit rock bottom before they can uh, before they, they can, can go exactly. back up. Um, but uh, yeah, exactly. I think you they if they are lucky and and the owner find the right sporting director to lead the way. But um, but that's uh, that's not an easy thing to do. Um, good win for Lever though because it, it puts them um, out of the relegation zone or uh, the the playoff relegation um, position rather. And and now yeah, with thirty points they're. Uh, Four points yeah. away from Bordeaux and uh, and six points away from um, from Metz. Um, was there another game that you had time to watch this weekend, Slake? Yeah, um, I saw Lille versus Lens. Uh, oh my yeah, Lens. of course the the, <laughs> the derby. What a win! <laughs> yeah, yeah, a really really big big win for Lens. Um, I didn't think that uh, Lille woke up until they were they found themselves losing properly and that goal before halftime probably gave them that impetus to come into mm-hmm. the second half and really try to get the win but Lance saw it out uh, Lance were I, I feel like Lance were very very good like they were immaculate the way they handled that game the way they managed it and the way they you know opened up Lille when they could and the way they dominated for the most I felt like they dominated um, for most of the game and then towards the end they now tried to see it out and they got that uh, but for Lille, I, it, it was one of those performances where I, it was very, very unconvincing from them. And also, of course, Jonathan David, yeah, nothing seems to be going right for him. Uh, that was really sad to see, to be honest. It's, it's sad to see him like that because there were certain openings he had and just tried to get the ball on target at least. And then the ball was just flying everywhere. Um, I thought that uh, the Grover had a very good game for them. Um, he got the assist, obviously, but overall, he was very good on the ball. Um, he made use the possession very, very well. And then there was this huge tackle. Jalo made a, a stupid launch, and then we saw another huge tackle. I forgot the person who made that tackle, but it was it was a very interesting sequence. To be honest, but um, generally though, I think Lance Lance managed that game very well. Of course, Jonathan Claus had a really good game. Uh, of course, we, we, we've come to expect that from him, and I'm really rooting for him to make it to the World Cup for France because he really deserves it. Um, he, he was he was fantastic again. Um, I thought, and generally they, they managed the game well. I, I, after the game, I tweeted that you know if you are if you are someone a neutral and you're looking for an extra team to support. You should be following Lance because they play football so well. The way they build from the back, the way they pass the ball around, the way they move, the way they open up, you know, opponents. It's just beautiful to see. And I thought that they had a wonderful game. Yeah, I can't, yeah. can't agree more. Lance is one of the... I, I think um, it, was, it was their first win in the derby in uh, Lille since 2003, I think it was mentioned. Yeah. So it's that's huge. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's uh, and 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 now this season he makes it three wins against Lille, um, in in Lens, of course, and then that, that famous Coupe de France game where they were down two yeah. zero and came back to two two and and then won in at the penalties, uh, and then and then that third win there. 
Yeah, Lance is, is probably one of the most entertaining team in league, and right with the again, you know, I can't can't say it enough, but with a coach that nobody knew 18 months ago, uh, Frank Ez, yeah. uh, who uh, 24 months ago, should I say, uh, Frank Ez, who, who joined all, almost on the fluke, and then uh, showed everybody what a club, what a, a coach with ideas and with support from his club um, can actually do, and and how he can make his whole team uh, progress well. I, I was I was so disappointed in Lille. Um, you know, when I see that that goal happening just before halftime, I mean Zegrova has been a very good addition at the at the Winter Mercato because he's really bringing even yeah. more speed than what um, uh, what's his name Ikone was bringing on to the right wing. Uh, but then in the you know you score just before the end of the half, yeah. the first ten minutes of the second half, you should unleash hell on Lance. Uh, and I feel like they've just done it to a point. And then like you said. David David kept missing um his not even his opportunity but at least his uh, his his chances um yeah, yeah. I don't I, mean, I don't know I don't want to say that Jonathan David has checked out and he's trying to make sure he doesn't get injured so he can get his big transfer but uh but yeah I'm not far from thinking that uh, it's it's just it's just a shame because he could be so useful and again that's another example of a team that last year probably overperformed uh and got the got the luck when they could have it to be able to uh, to become champion, I mean, of course, Galtier and and Boakilmas in in that kind of form helps as well. But uh, yeah, it's it's a shame yeah. to see that they're not able to uh, to stay as high as as they could be. And now they are here at ninth on the table, forty eight points, only only six points behind Nice. But still, it looks like uh, it looks like you a don't lot. really see them able to uh, able to come back. Um, yeah, very very quickly, we, I want to look talk about the the other results, and then we will. We look at the the last six games for those teams that I guess matter for the title race. Uh, the last few games that were played, um, a, a few um, a few draws: uh, Nantes Angers one one, Troyes Strasbourg one one, Montpellier Reims zero zero, uh, and Metz Clermont one one. Of course, it's a bit um, damaging for for Metz who, uh, who was winning one zero, and then um, Joel Dosu for Clermont Foot um, equalized, and Yann uh, got a red, got a red card. Um, so it, it's yeah, it's a bit harder for them because they probably thought that they could finally try and get a win against a against you know proper competition. But now they're here, six points behind Saint Etienne, who's the first non-relegable team. Uh, and even that post-game conference from uh, from Delane sounded like they already given up. He said, "Oh, it's a disappointing season, and we just have to come with better ambitions." And da da da. It looks like he's already in in league two in his head, which is. Uh, which is not easy to to hear. And then the last game that was played this weekend that we didn't mention was Lyon against Bordeaux and another thrashing for Bordeaux. 6-1 loss at OL Groupama. I mean, Lyon uh, probably loved to see Bordeaux uh, coming yeah. to them after that loss against West Ham midweek. Um, and just like Paris Saint-Germain did after Real Madrid, um, they, they meet Bordeaux just after and they enjoy uh, yeah. a nice little rebound in their... Uh, in their fate, two goals for uh, Dembélé, two goals for Ekambi, uh, yeah. Paqueta and Fevre as well, and uh, yeah, Sekumara score at the end just for just for the honor for Bordeaux. But uh, what a shame! What's happening in Bordeaux? It's yeah, just, it, uh, it was it was basically a gift. Like I think mm-hmm. Bordeaux just it, because about four of the goals were defensive errors. Like it mm-hmm. was like they were just gifting. There was a goal by. Um, Ekambi, uh, where the goalkeeper sliced, sliced his class. Yeah. The ball just fell to Ekambi's head and just hit it. Like, it's ridiculous. You can't be down there fighting relegation and making those kind of mistakes. It just makes it worse because the, what you want to do is limit like 
how much you're giving away, you know, and just let it be that the other team is just better than you when you lose. But to be gifting so many goals away to the open, uh, opposition is just so terrible. I, I feel sick just, you know, thinking about their, their situation because it's Bordeaux. This is, this is a historic club. And the last thing you want to see is a club like this in this kind of mess. But I think they've been the worst team in the top five leagues this season, to be very honest. And thinking about a David Guillaume team considering six is is mm-hmm. almost unimaginable considering what he did yeah. you know, previously but that was just that was just disaster. I don't know where they go from here to be honest I don't I've been thinking of it and thinking how do they escape relegation at this point and I just don't know because it feels like any team they meet now will beat them from what we are seeing any team they meet going forward you know with all these mistakes they're making and, you know, everything generally that is happening in the dressing room and, at, you know, up there you know, in management, top management, I, I, I fear so much for Bordeaux. I really do. Yeah, they got the luck of facing two, uh, two relegation um, competition team. But, uh, but yeah, they just, they just look so weak. Like that win against Metz like week, last week seemed like a, uh, seemed like a mistake almost. Uh, yeah, Bordeaux, <laughs> so six, yeah. six, six games left to play. Yeah, they're, they're hosting Saint-Etienne. Uh, this Wednesday night or Thursday morning where I am. And then they go to Nantes, then they host Nice, they go to Angers, uh, they host Lorient, and they go to Brest to finish. So it doesn't look like a very hard um, calendar, but like you said, um, I don't I don't see anybody. Don't hard. <laughs> yeah, I don't, don't, I don't see them like, feeling anybody. I think they're going to lose that game. You think Sadetian wins it? Yeah, I think they'll probably, if Sadetian yeah. gets even a goal in the first half or something and go ahead, probably just not come out again and just, you know, rely on Bordeaux making mistakes at the back and just probably punish them. I, I don't see how they beat uh, um, Yeah, I agree. But I agree with then you. again, it's football, you never know. Saint-Étienne themselves are kind of, you know, you never know. Um, Saint-Étienne could go there now and have the kind of game they had the other day. I still can't believe they lost. Yeah, when you go to zero that first, much. that was That's incredible. Yeah, to Lorient as well, who's not been the, the best team. Uh, anyway, a look at the table after this uh, this weekend and match day uh, 32. So Paris is at the top, of course, with 74 points, 15 points away from Marseille. So basically uh, champions. And then, yeah, Marseille, 59 points, Rennes, 56, Nice, 54, Strasbourg, 53, and Monaco, 53 as well. I mean, I don't want to discount them, but Lance, Lyon, um, and Lille are, are sort of lurking behind um, in case they can come back 50, 49, and, and 48 points. Um, and at the bottom, we mentioned Metz and Bordeaux with 24 and 26, are 20th and 19th. Um, and Clermont is just above them with 29 points, um, just behind Saint-Etienne with 30 points. If we look at those those first five teams that we mentioned and, and the games that they have, um, the calendar they have the last six games to try and see who can make it to to play in Europe. Um, if we look at Marseille first, of course, for Marseille, there's also the um, the games in, in Europe that are going to come in the way and are going to make things maybe a bit difficult. Uh, but their calendar for the, the last six games, it's um, at home against Nantes, then they're going to Reims, uh, then they're going to Feyenoord, they're hosting Lyon, then they're hosting Feyenoord, they're going to Lorient, they're going to Rennes, and they're hosting Strasbourg. So in this past, in the last six game. Uh, they played three teams from from the top. Um, if we look at Rennes, it's uh, Strasbourg away, Lorient at home, 
Saint-Etienne at home, Nantes away, Marseille at home, and Lille away. So it's also three uh, of the top top eight, I'd say, um, to, to, to be able to play. And then you got Nice, who's um, hosting Troyes, going to Bordeaux, hosting Nantes, hosting Saint-Etienne. Oh, sorry, hosting Nantes is the, is the um, French Cup final, excuse me. Uh, they're going to Monaco, of course, this week. Yeah. And then hosting Troyes, and then Bordeaux, Saint-Etienne, Lille and Reims. It looks like they have the easiest... Um, the easiest uh, finish to, to be able to make it because um, Strasbourg, it's Rennes, Lille, Paris, Brest, Clermont and Marseille and that, that looks almost impossible uh, and yeah. Monaco, as we mentioned it's, uh, it's Nice, of course, and then Saint-Etienne, Angers, Lille, Brest and, and Lens um, if you had to, uh, you know, if you had to uh, if you were a, a betting man and you had to decide who was going to be finishing second this season between Marseille, Rennes, Nice do you see Marseille holding up, or do you think um, a late run by uh, by Rennes on this might be costly for for Sampoli and his guys? I, I think Marseille um, will hold on to that because thankfully they have like a, a, a bit of a cushion, uh, so they can afford like a defeat when the others win. That'll just put them on, like level on points. Uh, I think Marseille will hold on to second. But funny thing, I think that Monaco will get third. Mm-hmm. I know right mm, now. Interesting. Yeah, I think they are, they are the team that that has the most form going into this run. Um, they won their last four now, I think. And yeah, the, the way Monaco tend to end the season, you know, usually is usually very strong. They ended last season also very strongly, That's and true. they entered the title race out of nowhere. And at some point, I was I was already saying that they were going to sneak and win the title before you know it fell apart a few weeks for the end. And once again, I'm looking at them and I'm thinking they have more experience, uh, you know, dealing with this kind of running compared to Nice and and, and run. So I, I feel like they'll probably sneak in and, and get third. Because right now, they're just three points behind run and one point behind Nice. If they beat Nice um, in midweek, they go above Nice. And uh, I don't think Strasbourg can, can hold on. So uh, I feel like once they go above Nice, they're not going to get caught again. So, and looking at their fixtures, looking at everything, looking at the other teams as well, their fixtures, I feel like we're going to have Marseille second and Monaco third. Um, run my run out of steam at some point. And mm-hmm. Nice, I, I've, nice have been very... Every time you think that Nice are about to take the next step, they have a setback and then they go back. So, um, it's very tricky. But I think a lot will depend on this this game between uh, Monaco and Nice coming up. Um, if it goes Nice's way, then yeah, they, they have the right momentum, you know, to try to challenge Marseille for that second second spot. But I do think that Marseille will get second, and I think that uh, Monaco will be third. Uh, yeah, Monaco we'll, is we'll probably that one team in the. Yeah, yeah, true. Monaco is yeah. probably that one team in the top six <laughs> that um, you feel has the experience to become second or third more than any other team, like Ben Yedder, Volen, Chouameni. Yeah. Uh, Golovin, those are yeah. players that have been there before, um, and that should be able to to get by there easily. With the review of the oh. team, it's a bit experimental this season for them. So, yeah, I actually tend to to agree with you. But yeah, the the game against Nice will uh, will definitely be a a real sliding door in in the season. Uh, and yeah, and I think Nice, if they win the Coupe de France, they win like their season is okay. So so I agree yeah. that they might be they might be the one dropping a little bit at. Uh, at the end 
Um, all right. Well, I, I think I think that's us for the French football podcast. Um, Slake, thank you so much for for taking the time um, to be with me and to talk everything about football. I really enjoyed uh, our chat and all your uh, all your knowledge um, about, yeah. about French football. Uh, is there uh, is there a plug that you want to put in? Where can we where can we listen to your analysis or, or where can we read um, your analysis? Uh, yeah, I, I, I write for, I, I've written the past post for BTLV, for, uh, for mm -hmm. BTLV Sunlines, but it's been um, mostly uh, Spain, Spanish football based, uh, but I also write for uh, GFFN every now and then. And then I mm -hmm. have um, a, a, um, I have a pod that I, I do on YouTube where I talk about different things across different leagues. Um, it's pinned to my profile on Twitter, so... Anybody who's awesome. my page, they'll see, they'll see my YouTube. Yeah. Awesome. Go go and check out um, Slake's Twitter page. Like I said, it's uh, XY Cerebron. Uh, and, and yeah, and go in uh, and check out his uh, his podcast on YouTube. It's uh, it's definitely worth the look. Thanks again, Slake. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Castellin, the, the French football podcast. Any question that you have, feel free to ask. Uh, and yeah, this week, uh, there there's two games, one midweek, one at the end of the week and a lot of um, crucial games going on. So stay connected, and I'll be with you again next week to talk about more Ligue 1. Merci. Ciao, ciao, everyone.